Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centred, Word-based and Spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Today I'm going to preach a message for those of you who are note takers. The message title today is called Three Hours, Three Hours. Now just so that you know, it's not going to be a three hour sermon because I know how hungry you all are. (laughs) Three hours. The Gospels record that during the time that Jesus was hanging on the cross, He made seven key statements. Uh, These statements are of tremendous significance. Well, A, because it was the very last words or statements of our Lord Jesus Christ before His death. But B, it's also because of their significant and spiritual importance. These statements apply to our lives 2,000 years later. Some of you would know these statements. There is a timeline to these statements. They're not accidental. It's not just how things kind of happen. These were actually in the plans and in the purposes of God. The first statement that Jesus made when He was hanging upon the cross is He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The second statement that Jesus made when He was hanging on the cross is He said to the thief on the one side of the cross is He said, today you will be with me in paradise. The third statement that Jesus made on the cross is He looks at His mother Mary and He says, dear woman, behold, look at your son. Fourth statement is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The fifth statement Jesus said is, I thirst. The sixth statement was, it is finished. And the seventh statement was, uh, in my New King James Father, into your hands do I commend or entrust my spirit. It's interesting to note, Good Friday, I'm asking you to come with me on a spiritual journey. I'm asking you to come with me on a learning journey today about these statements. When you actually look at these statements, you quickly begin to realise that these statements are concentric circles. It starts from the outside and eventually it works its way to the core. The first statement Jesus says is, Father, forgive them, they do not know what they do, is speaking about the whole world, all of humanity. Inside that statement was of course the next one where Jesus speaks to the thief next to Him on the cross and He says, today you will be with me in paradise. Although it's a smaller circle, yet it embraces all those who are saved, all those who know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. And the next statement He says, Jesus says to His mum, Woman, behold your son. In other words, He's talking to those who've taken on the responsibility of discipleship. And then the last four statements, the fourth one being, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We get to the very core of Jesus. We get to the very centre of Jesus' heart and His experience that He's having on the cross. These statements are powerful. These statements are meaningful. And today what we're gonna do is we are gonna spend a little bit of time 
parking round about the fourth statement of Jesus, the very core, the very centre of what Jesus was experiencing. To truly appreciate the statements that I've mentioned to you this morning, we need to understand that there is a time sequence to these statements. This time sequence was set in heaven. It didn't happen just because that's how things kind of worked out. This was supernatural. The time essentially goes like this. And that is in Mark chapter 15, verse 25, it tells us that it was at nine o'clock in the morning that they crucified Him. We now know that, of course, at 9am, Jesus was crucified. The next thing that we know about these statements is that the Scripture tells us that uh, Jesus, the, uh, the, the following two statements, excuse me, was that He made those statements within the first three hours. So from nine o'clock to midday were those first statements. And then from midday all the way through to 3pm, we have what's called the silent hours. Jesus did not say anything for three hours. So the question I wanna ask this morning is, what happened in those three hours? What was going on in the heart and in the mind of Jesus when He was completely, come on, He was completely silent for three hours? Some gospel writers have called this three hour period of silence as the crucifixion within the crucifixion. Essentially, there are a couple of things that I wanna have a look at this morning of what actually took place in those three hours. And firstly, we see in Matthew chapter 27, verse 45, it tells us that from noon until three in the afternoon, darkness, came over all the land. So here's Jesus, He's silent. And the Bible says that darkness covered all of the land. We know the verse in John chapter one, verse one, which says, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God. He was in the beginning. All things were made through Him that was made. We know that it was during this time that we begin to see something happen that was extraordinary, something that was so meaningful. I want you to think for a moment of one of the most beautiful places you visited. I want you to think for a moment of perhaps it was a beautiful beach or a mountain experience of some sort. For me, one of the great experiences that I had Look, I have to be honest with you, I'm not a you know, full-on nature person, but I did have a nature experience up in North Queensland in the Daintree Forest. And I remember going up to the Daintree Forest and Alison and I, and when the kids were a little bit smaller, we're kind of walking around the Daintree. What a beautiful, most amazing experience. And I remember about after an hour or two of being up there in North Queensland, I kind of said to myself, I just don't understand how people can't believe that there was actually a creator, that there was actually a designer. This did not happen by accident. This has is, this is actually happened with intentionality. And we see that during these three hours in the silence of Jesus, darkness covering the land. And 
what we essentially seeing that has actually transpired during this place is that the very Son of God who was involved in creation, something amazing happens and that is creation turned its back on the Son of God. The sun, the moon and the stars. He was so marred, He was so disfigured that creation turns its back against the very Son of God. We also begin to see that during this three hour period of silence and darkness, one of the best ways I can describe to you what happened during this time is by reading a Psalm to you, Psalm 38 verse four, and it says, my guilt overwhelms me. It is a burden too heavy to bear. I don't know if you've ever carried a guilt of some sort. Remember when I was a child, growing up in Durban, South Africa, when I was about seven years of age, I did something really bad. You wanna hear it? Yeah. I was playing soccer in the front yard, me, myself and I. I had my soccer ball, I was booting it in the air and I kicked the soccer ball so hard it went off the side of the foot and it broke my parents' front window. Smashed, completely smashed. My parents get home later on that day. They said, what on earth happened to the window? I came up with a great story. We used to live across the road from a primary school. I said, Mum, Dad, I was kicking the soccer ball in the front yard and these kids were walking home from school and they didn't like me. So one of them got a stone and they threw it at me and it hit the window. So my dad's first question is then, where's the stone? So I said, I threw it back at them and they grabbed it and they ran. My mum was so upset. She called the principal of the school. She said, someone in your school has smashed my front window. I had to give a description of what these kids actually look like. I just made it up. He was about this high. I don't think he brushed his teeth that morning. Day one. Guilt, heavy burden. Everything in me was arguing, hold on to the story because Dad's gonna not be happy, amen. <laughs> Day two, held on to the guilt. Day three, it's kind of starting to crush me a little bit. Day four, I had to confess my sin. It was a burden too heavy to carry and I came clean and my mother threw the tea towel at me in the kitchen. <laughs> Isaiah 53 verse five tells us, He was pierced for our rebellion. Watch this. He was crushed for our sins. When you're holding on to the burden of something, when you're guilty of something, there's a crushing that takes place. There's a weight that comes upon you. By definition, the word crushed, of course, means uh, to press something very hard so that it is broken in shape or destroyed. I want you to imagine for a moment that during those three hours, darkness all over the land, midday to 3 p.m., Jesus is silent. 
What was happening during that time? Not only did creation turn its back against the Son of God, but Jesus was crushed under the weight of sin. The average person uh, breathes approximately 16 to 17 breaths per minute, which works out to be about a thousand breaths per hour. You can imagine Jesus carrying the weight of humanity, the sin of humanity upon Himself, every breath, every single breath, what was happening to Him? He was crushed. And that's why Isaiah says, surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. I'm thankful today on Good Friday for an amazing God who took my sin upon Himself and the weight of my sin crushed Him. Every breath, every sorrow, every bit of pain sat upon the Son of Man. For three hours, Jesus descended into the depths of darkness, disconnected, dejected, abandoned by His Father. And at the end of that three hour period, it gets to a place where He soon begins to realise that He's temporarily been abandoned by His Father. Some have called this the most staggering sentence in the Gospel record. And all of a sudden, at the end of this three hour period, something happens that shatters the silence and the divine speaks to the divine. Bible says in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus cried with a loud voice and He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? One writer said that in the Gospels that it is recorded that over 170 times Jesus calls God His Father. It was only on this occasion that He calls Him God. We see the humanity of Jesus. He felt forsaken by His Father. I can imagine Jesus in this period of time hanging upon the cross, He could understand why the parade of people forsook Him, insulted Him. He could understand why the chief priests, the scribes, the Pharisees and the rulers, why they mocked Him and insulted Him and forsook Him. He could understand why just five days ago, people were saying Hosanna to the Son of David and He could understand why humanity had turned their back against Him. He could understand why the rubber on the other side of the cross mocked Him. But we see the humanity of Jesus. Father, my God, my God, I don't understand why You have forsaken me. The physical agony was horrible, but the spiritual alienation from His Father really was the ultimate torture. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Every breath, our sin was upon His shoulders. All of our sorrows 
were upon His shoulders. Darkness all over the land. Creation turns its back against the very Son of God. The weight of sin and sorrow was crushing the very breath out of His lungs. And now, my God, my God, why have You forsaken me? For the first time in all of eternity, there's a disconnect between the Father and the Son. Jesus had never known what it was like to be disconnected from His Father. It was a relationship that us in our natural minds will never be able to understand. For all of eternity, we will try and understand the love that exists between the Father and His Son. And here Jesus cries out, I've never experienced this before. My Father has rejected me. I don't know if you've ever felt the pain of rejection. I don't know if you've ever gone through a time in your life where someone has deliberately disconnected themselves from you. I don't know if you've ever gone through a time where someone has turned their back against you and tried to intentionally hurt you and harm you. We know some what that actually feels like. But Jesus, what He experienced and what He went through, and that is why we are here today on Good Friday to say thank you to our Lord and our Saviour and our God. I want you to know today that your sin, when Jesus breathed those breaths during that time, that three hour time period, the Bible clearly tells us that He looked into the future, He thought about you. He thought about your pain. He thought about your sorrow. And He thought about your sin. Today we recognise that under the law, the sheep died for the shepherd. But under grace, the shepherd dies for the sheep. What an amazing God that we have. Why did the Father turn away from the Son? If I could have the keyboard player. He turned away from the Son because He became sin for us. The innocent man, the sinless man became sin. Today we get free access to His presence. Our hearts are clean and we've been made righteous by the blood of Jesus. Easter weekend is not just about a bit of time off work, time on the boat, time to have a bit of a sleep in, time just to disconnect from everybody, everything, watch a bit of sport, bit of AFL, bit of rugby league, couple of Easter eggs. It is the greatest event in human history that the God-man would come and He would hung Himself, He hung upon a cross so that your sin and my sin might be forgiven. What agony, unimaginable grief. Think of how many times when you've kind of done something wrong, right? Can we just have an honesty session just for a moment? It's like, man, I ran over the dog. <laughs> or the cat. Whatever you do, don't do that. That's not good. Maybe that was a poor illustration. 
Perhaps you bit the dog, I'm not sure. <laughs> but you know when, when you do something wrong and you feel the guilt, come on. You feel the stain. You feel the shame. How many times? Once? Twice? Think of how you felt on the inside. Imagine, come on now. Imagine Jesus Christ, all the sorrow and sin and shame of this world sat upon His shoulders. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. What an incredible name. What a majestic name. What a name that exists above every other name that at the Name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. A mother had three teenage children. The eldest was curious to know which one she loved the most. The mum said, I love you all the same. And all the mum said, (laughs) the eldest said, I'm serious, who do you love the most? The mum said, I love you all the same. The elder said, it's impossible to feel exactly the same about all three children. Who do you really love the most? Mum said, all right, let me tell you the truth. I don't love you all the same. When one of you is sick, that's the one I love the most. When one of you is confused, that's the one I love the most. When one of you is hurting, I love that one the most. And when one of you feels lost, I love that one the most. But at all other times, I love you all the same. God loves you today. He cares for you. He went through the pain and the suffering and the sorrow that He did. Why? Because He loves you so much. If I could have the musos and the singers. On this amazing Good Friday, we remember His death. We remember His sacrifice. We remember that He gave up His life for you and for me. Today, what we're gonna do is uh, we're gonna bring our service to a close just in a moment. But before we do, know that He loves you so much. He went through what He did because of this moment right now in this room. In a moment, we're gonna bow our heads and close our eyes. And the reason why is because I wanna give you a moment of privacy. In this moment of privacy, we're gonna pray a prayer. It's a simple prayer that invites Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to come into our lives, to be our friends, to forgive us of our past. Maybe you've never prayed this prayer before or maybe you did a long time ago. I know there's people here today, you know what it's like at some point in your past to be connected with God, but you've run. The good news today is you can stop running. You don't need to run to Him, do you know why? because He's running to you and He wants to bring you home. The love of God is reaching out to you today. You can be born again. 
you can know what it's like to have a personal experience with Jesus Christ. Your sin can be forgiven. Why? Because every breath on that cross, He bore your sin upon Himself. Can we bow our heads? Can we close our eyes? Can you pray this prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe in You. Come into my heart and be my Saviour. I receive Your forgiveness, Your love and complete acceptance. I am now set free from my past. I am now a child of God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never prayed that prayer before, you did a long time ago and you're reconnecting with the love of God. In a moment, I'm gonna ask you to lift up your hand. The reason why I want you to lift up your hand is so that I can see who you are. I'd love the opportunity to pray for you today. There are a couple of Horizon Church people who are in the auditorium who are also helping me to see. Sometimes it's difficult to see everybody. Those of you who are watching online, the love of God is reaching out to you today as well. On the count of three, if you prayed that prayer for the first time or you did a long time ago and you're reconnecting with God's love, can you lift your hand? Are you ready? One, two, three, lift it up nice and high. I'd love to pray for you. God bless you, I see your hand. You can put it down. Anyone else? God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Come on, once I've seen your hand, you can put it straight back down. Is there anyone else? I'd love the opportunity. God bless you, I see your hand. Anyone else? God bless you, I see your hand. Who else is there? I'd love the opportunity to pray for you today. God bless you, I see your hand as well. Who else is there? I'd love the opportunity to pray for you today. In Jesus' Name, in Jesus' Name, in Jesus' Name. Who else is there? I'd love to pray for you today. So good, so good. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Church, are we ready to pray for these people? So Father, I just thank You for these amazing people. Thank You for a life-changing experience with the living God. Thank You that the old has gone and the new has come. Thank You that the Word of God says that if any of us be in Christ, we are new creations. Old things have passed away, all things have become new. Jesus Christ, come into our lives, change us. May we never be the same. We pray and ask for it in Jesus' wonderful Name. Come on, let's give those who raised their hand a great clap of encouragement. A great clap of encouragement, so amazing. So good. Wow, how good is it when people give their lives to Jesus Christ? Isn't that awesome? Uh, those of you who raised your hands at the end of the service, one of our Horizon Church team are gonna come up to you. Mums and dads, there were a handful of children that lifted up their hands. Uh, if you could be present there with your child as well, for obvious reasons, that would be greatly appreciated. We've got a gift for you, wanna pray for you want to encourage you. Can we just honour those one more time who raised their hands? Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.